Well, I, I'm just grateful to God to be able to be here to preach the Word. I thank God that Ted felt sorry for me. I hadn't preached in a month. And so uh, I, I, I have been preaching about every Sunday, but the Lord gave me a little pause, and I'm glad for it. Before I forget, I didn't tell the people in the first service, so you all get this. I have discovered a real neat resource called Prayer Life. I'm not a salesman. I don't get anything from this. But it's an old resource called The Prayer Life, Walking in Fellowship with God by T.W. Hunt and Catherine Walker. I'm going to lay this down here. If any of you are so inspired to really walk with the Lord in a deeper way, a most interesting way, that is a 12-week study that I have begun in my own heart and life, and it's really um, just enlarged my prayer life and, and my way that I even look at the Lord. And I've been a, a Christian for about 30 years, so I'm excited about that. <clears throat> well, this morning as we opened God's Word, and as I was thinking about what to preach and, and, and what God wanted me to say this morning, uh, I ran across a passage of Scripture in Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning with the 14th verse, where Paul is praying for believers. And I believe with all my heart that we all need to be strengthened in our prayer life. And as we look at this passage of Scripture and open God's Word to Ephesians, the third chapter, beginning with the 14th verse, God's Word says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasseth knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to You, we thank You, Lord, for the sweet music that we've heard. And Lord, how we've sung praises to You and we rejoice in that. Father, right now as we open Your Word and we begin to look at it. Lord, help us not to let our minds drift to something else, but to continue to focus on You and You alone in this Word. Father, I pray that this Word will touch us in such a way that, Lord, we'll leave here different than when we came. God, You're able. You're able to do far beyond we ever asked, dreamed, or imagined. And Lord, I'm asking for each individual here to receive something from Your Word today that would strengthen them and help them in their lives in Your name. Amen. <clears throat> Last Saturday, we had a work day at our church, at our, excuse me, our association office. I am a executive director of St. John's River Baptist Association. We have 57 churches in five counties that I uh, go around and visit and talk to and pray with the pastors and, and do different things, get in the middle of church fights and those kind of things. I've gotten a few black eyes. And uh, we, uh, we just minister to churches and we do missions and we go on a, a France mission trip every year. We're working on a new church start there in, in France. And so if any of you are interested in that, see my wife uh, afterwards. She's uh, kind of gearing that up and heading that up. But we uh, support part of that in our association. We support other missions and, and new church starts 
around us. And then also in Karelia, Russia, we do have a specific church plant there that we've had and supported for probably about 12 years. For in our association, we have a Slavic church that has Ukrainians and Russians within the church. They're worshiping today some hundred strong down in Bunnell. And believe you me, they're not fighting. They're together. They're searching answers just like you and I are for all that's going on there. And their, their families are there on either side. But they're loving one another because of what the Lord has done in their lives. And I will tell you, you're part of not only the Association of 57 Churches, but you're part of some uh, 44,000 Southern Baptist churches around the country. And those 44,000 Southern Baptist churches support missionaries with their offerings each week. The missionaries don't come and ask for money. You uh, have the privilege of, of cooperating together, giving to the cooperative program, so that you can support your missionaries. And we do know and have seen a video last week of our president of this uh, uh, mission group, the International Mission Board, was in Poland working with some of our Ukrainian missionaries, uh, Americans that God called to work with Ukraine, and, and they were feeding and helping those that were there uh, as refugees. And so God's at work even in this uh, horrible mess that's going on, and, and you as Southern Baptists have had a part through your gifts to support those missionaries that are there. There is an organization within our Southern Baptist uh, Convention called Send Relief, and that's where a lot of uh, the uh, food and different things are coming from, kind of like our disaster relief here in the States, but they do it overseas. So um, if you want to keep up to date with what Southern Baptists are doing, you can always look at sbc.net, and that will help you to keep up with what your Baptist brothers are doing around the world in serving during this horrible time. You know, last Saturday we did have a work day at our association office. We have an office over in Palatka, and, uh, and it was looking kind of dingy, so, so we had uh, a work day, a time to come and uh, tear out a bunch of bushes that were around and had overgrown and some trees in the back that uh, had fallen down or half fallen down, and so we were doing a lot of work there. And I was introduced to a tool, I don't think I'd seen it before, but it had a big long stick, and then at the end of the stick was a piece of metal that was thin, and it curled up, and it had real sharp edges all over it. And it was for, I think they called it a wee, uh, uh, root whacker or something, I don't know. But uh, I was introduced to that, it was an interesting piece of a, uh, a tool. And uh, we were trying to dig some of the roots out of some of those bushes we had uh, taken out, and I noticed that no matter the design of the tool or how sharp it was, it usually, the effectiveness depended upon the strength of the user. Now, one guy would pick it up and, and just kind of whop it down a little bit and, and, and wouldn't make much damage. He couldn't cut many roots and that kind of thing. Another guy would take it and slam down, and he would do that four, three or four times, and then he'd be just tired out and couldn't do swing it anymore. That was me, by the way. And uh, then there was another guy that was much older than I that would grab that thing, and man, he would cut a root out in no time at all. And I, I just couldn't believe it. But it really depended, the effectiveness depended on the, the guy that was holding the tool and could make that cut. Now, that might describe many of you in your walk with Jesus. You have all kinds of tools and opportunities, and certainly the the prayer time that you could have, and, and it depends on how you use that and how strong you are. You know, 
We need to practice to build strength. Is there anyone in here that can lift 400 pounds? I know. And you know what his dad said when I said, no, I'm not going to tell that story. Ted won't be able to go home. Aaron will kill him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think I'll tell that, Ted. <laughs> I said, Ted, he's going to lift you over, over your head. He can do that. And uh, then he made a comment about his wife. Uh, <clears throat> but you think about it. He didn't just go pick up those barbells and lift that. He had to train and work and be committed to, to lifting weights. And, 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 you know, many hours to become successful. But you know, we can become heavyweights. We can cut large roots of sin out of our lives if we would just pray. Paul in our Scripture here, and he is telling the people what happens when they pray. He is showing the people as he prays for them, he prays a powerful prayer for him, and he has no doubt that God has inexhaustible resources at his disposal, and that out of these resources, God would be able to answer these prayers and help these people live their lives as God wanted them to live. You need to be strengthened in your prayer life. We all need to be strengthened in our prayer life. That's one of the things that I'm grateful to God to introduce me to this, this book that's been laying around our house for probably 30 years. To understand a little more about praying and what happens when we pray. But to do this, I want to ask you, why do you need to be strengthened in your prayer life? Well, let's look at some reasons why you need to be strengthened as Paul lays them out here in his prayer. First and foremost, we need to engage in a fruitful relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul humbled himself before the Lord. He bowed the knee before Him showing reverence, showing that he was powerless before a true and almighty and wonderful God. He knew him as creator. He knew that he had named everyone on the earth. He knew what he stood for. He understood the power that it took for Jesus to come and die on the cross for his sins and then be raised again from the dead. He knew how the Spirit of God had directed his life. Yes, if you look in Acts chapter 9, you see that Paul, who was Saul, was on his way to persecute Christians. And he had killed many Christians because he didn't want this uprising, this group to come and to ruin the religion that he had. And then the Lord spoke to him and appeared to him, the Lord Jesus, in a bright light on that road to Damascus. <coughs> and through that bright light, he was able to see who Jesus really was. And the fact that Jesus wanted to save him and give him a new life. A life that proclaimed Jesus and not persecute those who did. 
And we see that, yes, he was blinded. And then he went to the house of Ananias. And, and, and that poor guy that was there knew Paul was killing Christians. And he had been revealed to him by the Spirit of God that Paul was coming to his house. And he didn't know what in the world was going to happen. But he trusted in what he had heard and what he believed. And he opened the door to Paul. And Paul received his sight there. And what a glorious testimony Paul had because he had encountered a true and living God who loved him and wanted to save him from his sins, and he did. I'm here to tell you that Jesus will strengthen your life too if you pray to him. You must humble yourself before him. Humility means that we need others. We live in a country, I think, that thinks we don't need anybody. We can do everything on our own. And some of you live that way and suffer that way. But when you humble yourself, you realize that you really can't do life on your own. You know, as I share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with those that are lost and dying, those that never know the forgiveness of sin, when I talk with them, I lead them to pray themselves and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive them of their sin. The hardest statement that they have to make. They can say, Lord, I, I thank you for uh, dying on the cross. Lord, and then they just stop and they think. Because they have to humble themselves and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But you died for my sin and you gave your life for me. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. The hardest statement for them to make is to humble themselves and to ask for forgiveness of sin for the Lord Jesus to forgive them. And I hope you're not that way even this morning. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and life and walk in a full relationship with Him, He wants you to do that today. And you can do it right now, right where you're seated, if you just bow before Him. Humble yourself and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need Your salvation my life's a mess, or my life's great, but I need you because you can give me all kinds of things that I never dreamed or imagined. Believe Him today. Ask Him to forgive you. He will, and you can have a relationship with Him. The psalmist in Psalm 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. You can humble yourself this morning, and you can confess your sin to the Lord Jesus the Bible tells us if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible also tells us that in Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. So you can have that today and walk in that relationship with Him and know that you're forgiven, that your, your sins are forgiven, that you're bound for heaven and not for hell if you'll ask Him today. But in prayer... Not only can you receive that relationship, but you receive a spirit from Him, the spirit of the living God who comes to dwell. In verse 16 it says that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant to you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. You have strength to walk with Him daily. You have strength to turn from your sin. You have power that's released in you, in your inner being, where you can say no when temptation comes to you. Where you can say no to the sin that keeps you hold, holding you back from doing what God really wants you to do. That sin that keeps giving grief in your marriage. He gives you His Spirit so that you can have strength to turn that around. 
that keeps raising its ugly head, that sin in your relationships around you, that keeps putting yourself down because the way you look. I'm fat or I'm ugly. I don't look like I did when I was first married. And, and all those things that the world tries to tell you. Oh, my husband, he, he's not the hunk he was. Well, he's a bigger hunk, but he's not. But we tell ourselves that. But this relationship with the Lord Jesus and engaging Him that according to His riches and glory He can grant us strength and power to overcome those thoughts and to think on Him. Where Jesus wants to give you great strength to live a power-filled life. Will you humble yourself before Him and seek His help, and direction to live glorious for Him and Him alone in your life. Let me tell you something, Paul, he he stresses here that believers can be fortified, can be braced up, can be invigorated in their lives if they will walk in that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray and seek Him in such a relationship? Second, will you be filled with the fullness of life with Jesus? Paul had a great purpose in his life. He proclaimed what happened to him. He told that story, and you can read in the book of Acts over and over again. He was always telling that story. Well, I was on the road to Damascus. I was persecuting Christians. And the Lord Jesus appeared to me. And He gave me, made me blind and then gave me sight that I might tell the story of how He loves me and died on the cross for me and gave me new life. That's the story Paul had over and over and over. And he was rooted and grounded. In verse 18 it says, that may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let me tell you something. Paul was filled with the fullness of God. Man, you can't read any more exciting book than read the book of Acts and see what happened to Paul and the things that he went through. But all he was always praying. He prayed when he was in prison. The doors were open. He prayed when he was on that ship that was tossed to and fro and, and told everybody that nobody would be harmed, but the ship crushed and they all got to shore and nobody was harmed. But he proclaimed the love of the Lord Jesus. He proclaimed that the Lord helped fulfill His purpose in His life. And He knew that purpose and He knew it involved the love of the Lord Jesus. He knows how much. He knew how much Jesus loved Him. Even though He was a murderer of Christians, Jesus met Him and saved Him because He loved Him. And boy, Paul never forgot that either. I wonder if you've forgotten the time that you met Jesus and He saved you. You remember the, the, the sin that covered you. The sin that clouded your thoughts and your mind and your heart. And you were involved in those things and the Lord Jesus saved you. Have you remembered that? Have you told anybody about that experience yet? It's my prayer today that you will get on your knees and be filled with the fullness of the life of Jesus because that love can bring great strength to understand the need to call others to the Lord Jesus and to pray for others. How many people are you praying for today that are lost? You know, at your table every morning or at night when you go to bed, you can look over the list of people that don't know the love of Jesus and just pray and ask God to bring them that love. 
You know, Paul knew this love surpassed all knowledge, filled him with God's fullness. And I want to know, what is your purpose in the life of Jesus today? Praying is going to bring you that purpose. For Jesus wants to speak to you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to talk with Him. If you know Him as personal Savior, you want to talk to Him. Even when you sin, because His love and His grace pours out to you, and He wants you to come to Him. But He wants you, most of all, to show you purpose. And we're so off track, being caught up in the world where we believe things will satisfy, and having big things are going to uh, fulfill our purpose, and, and all the things that we can buy are the things we're able to do, and the concerts we're able to go to, and, and the ball games that we go to. And I'm sorry, Florida, for your loss. Uh, <clears throat> and if you know, uh, Kentucky beat Florida in basketball yesterday, just to let you know. <clears throat> but Jesus today wants you to know that prayer will bring you purpose. How much time do we spend in gaining and getting things and how little time do we spend in seeking the will and the way of the Lord Jesus? And your purpose is going to bring love. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friends. And in John 4.10, Jesus, the words of the Lord say this, that by this we know that we abide in Him Excuse me, wrong verse. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation or a payment for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. To see God is to experience His love. Jesus dwelling in you. You praying like Paul here, you'll be rooted and grounded, as he says, so that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend. Oh, my friends. I had the privilege of uh, going out to um, De Leon Springs this week and going to a little uh, sugar meal, I guess is what it's called. Or um, they, they do uh, pancakes there at the at that little breakfast house. I said, Ted would like to go there because it's unlimited. I'm going to have to take him now since I said it, you know. But uh, we did go out on the boat, and we enjoyed the boat ride and, and uh, seeing things. But we saw something interesting that the, that the lady pointed out is a lot of trees would be blown over by the hurricanes. And those trees, the roots would be all showing, and they would be some six, eight feet high of root. But there would be some roots that were still there in the water or in the soil. And that tree was blossoming. Oh, it had fallen over, but there were other sprouts and trees that were there and covering the area. It was amazing to see that. You know, when we fall over in life or storm blasts us down, we still have those roots that are grounded in the love of the Lord Jesus and that will help us to blossom in our lives no matter what comes at us. And Jesus, His love for us, and we see that He's given His life for us. And Luke 9.23 reminds us, if any man come after Christ, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We must follow Jesus. And prayer activates this great love that He has. 
in us and in our lives. We can feel love no matter what we look like, no matter what mistakes we made. We can still feel love because Jesus loves us beyond measure. And Paul was making his prayer for believers. He knows what love would do. He's seen changes take place in people's lives. Let me tell you something. Love can change the hearts of men and women. Love can change the hearts. You know, my, my wife showed love for our son, our oldest son, Thaddeus, who, who was living like the devil. And he was playing music, and he had been a millionaire at one time and lost everything. He was on drugs and alcohol and, and, uh, and got put out of his house where he was and with his wife and his two children, went homeless for a long time. And then one day he was crossing the street and boom, the car hit him and flipped him over and landed on his head, pool of blood. We were in the mission field and, and uh, got the call. We immediately got on the plane. His son was actually with us on the mission field in France. And so we took off and, and got there and, and the hospital and the people there didn't expect him to live. They had only cleaned up partially on his head and all kinds of things. They just didn't expect him to live. Well, it was... Uh, Something God had different. As we began to pray and seek the face of the Lord in that situation, that horrible time, seeing our son who was vibrant in the personality that he had and seeing him go through that uh, traumatic brain injury that he had and, and through his recovery. And let me tell you something, my wife showed love like you wouldn't believe in that. Because <clears throat> you see, when some people with traumatic brain injuries, even though they seem normal at some times, will rise up and get angry at you and He's a big old guy anyway, and, and I've seen her in restaurants just look at him with the love of Jesus, calm him down and get him calm. All through this time of almost eight years, the things that she's given up for him, uh, retirement and everything else that she had built up so that he would have the best treatment, that he would have a possibility of a great future. You know, uh, uh, I think it was yesterday he called us and read us a psalm that he knew and... and uh, He's preaching to all his uh, old friends about Jesus now. He's eight years into this program, and he's, he's going to graduate and get out soon, we believe with all our hearts. But he's in the Word every day. He's studying the Word. He's listening to the Lord. He's singing to the Lord and to His glory, and I praise God for it. But it took the love of his mother, the love of people around him to pray and seek the face of the Lord, and now we see the results. But you begin in prayer. See what God can do. And don't just stop with one miracle. You know, this church has seen miracles. We praise God for it. We prayed for them. We know that people have been sick and, and, and near death, and we prayed and seen God do some miraculous things. Even, even in our own personal life, a, a dear deacon friend of mine that uh, is in Grayson, Kentucky, three weeks ago had a heart attack and went in, and, and they thought they fixed him up okay and sent him home. And and then uh, about a week ago, uh, he began to have all kinds of trouble and they took him back and the doctors told his wife that it was probably too far gone. They had to do surgery, but he was too weak. He'd never make it. We all prayed together and praise God he got out of the hospital today alive and uh, went home and we are praising God for the answer uh, that he gave us yes to those prayers. Another miracle. You say, well, I prayed and it didn't happen. I prayed for my mom, age 48, had an aneurysm in the hospital. I was a seminary student, 
Just finished seminary. I was pastoring a church in Mississippi. Came home, remember praying at her bedside 10 days in a row. Lord, save my mama. Please bring her back. And she went on to be with him and be with Jesus. And you know, I didn't stop praying for miracles because it didn't happen then. I didn't stop praying. I didn't stop following the Lord because I knew who He was. And I knew what He could do. And believe you me, prayer in your own life will strengthen you. And you will begin to see God more than you've ever seen Him before. Know that love surpasses knowledge. And we live in a world today that thinks we can win and know and help everybody if we just have enough knowledge. You know, crime would stop if we could just educate people enough. That's wrong. Because man is inherent a sinner, the Bible tells us. The only thing that stopped crime is the Lord Jesus Christ and Him changing lives. And He is able. He is able. But we're too smart for ourselves. And that's why we get on our own and we can do our own things because we know something. We know how to do something. We're not going to ask people for help. We think our smartness can heal all of our difficulties. But don't you think it's time to begin to Love this world with the love of Jesus that surpasses all understanding and all knowledge. Isn't it time that we depend upon the prayer life that we can offer before Almighty God and loving people through prayer so that we will be fulfilled with joy and purpose? It's been a joy to see my wife's journey of late because she loves to get involved in stuff and she's a powerful uh, personality and... Uh, I love that sometimes. And <clears throat> but she is, and, and she seeks to serve the Lord and want to make a difference. And you know, we were missionaries overseas and serving the Lord in, uh, in West Africa. And then we went and served the Lord in, uh, in a, a country where Muslims live and saw some Muslims come to Christ. And in the 14 years we were there as missionaries. So she's always got a missionary heart and, and, and boy, seeking her purpose in today's time and she worked for a while in the corporate world and, and then with Thaddeus and the eight years she'd been helping him and, and just seeking purpose and she would go and try to do different things in different places. But the Lord has guided her to be a, a marketplace chaplain where she goes into businesses and she prays with the employees. And... God began to open that door in such a marvelous way. And, and uh, then we just found out uh, last week that uh, she can be endorsed with our North American Mission Board uh, through our Southern Baptist Convention. That's the home mission part of our Southern Baptist as a, as a marketplace chaplain. And marketplace pays her, but North American Mission Board endorses her and she becomes a missionary again. And we always know she's a missionary. And you might say, well, why need the title? Well, it's just a little bit of icing on the cake that we had no idea about that God would say, here, I want to bless you and your faithfulness in your work and give you this purpose again. And oh, what a joy it is to see people come to Christ through her ministry and see marriages saved through her ministry just because she just prays with them. Prays with them at the workplace. God begins to move and man you're talking about being fulfilled with the joy and purpose is to you begin to pray seriously and watch God begin to answer you say hey man maybe this is real hey man it really is because if he saved you that's real and so Paul says here 
So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. Don't you want to be filled with His fullness? Man, I'm not talking about a second feeling like, you know, some people do and, and uh, get all uh, jump a pew and speak in tongues, but I'm talking about a life that you live that every single day you're seeking the purpose of Almighty God who created this world and has a purpose for you to go out and change somebody's life for all eternity. You can. Get on your knees. Lastly, Paul says you can enjoy the blessing. Paul knew Jesus. He'd seen Him do many things. He'd seen Him go beyond what Paul himself even thought He could do. He'd seen God answer prayer. He'd seen God work powerfully, not only within Himself, but within others around Him. And as Paul lists in this one passage of Scripture... In verse 20, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. In the commentary I read, the Bible speaks today, they listed these seven things out in a beautiful way, and I want to share them with you right now. So that's another 45 minutes, by the way. Oh, no, I'll be done in time, I hope. First one is, He is able to do... Jesus is not inactive. He is alive and well. You might be inactive. And that's why you need to connect with Him. But He is able to do what we ask. He hears us. He knows our hearts. He is able to do what we ask or think. He's reading our thoughts. Sometimes we imagine things in our mind, but don't ask. I mean, I can tell you a real life example, but it seems kind of fleshly, you know. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to give me a, a, a good car that I can drive around uh, in this day and time when car prices are double and triple. But He's able. He's able to do more than we ask or imagine He is also powerful and able to do all. He he knows all, and He can do all. And He can do more than we ever dreamed possible because His expectations are higher than ours. Well, He expects a lot out of each one of us. He expects our personality, young or old, or where we are right now, to be able to be used for His glory, and He can help us do it if we'll get on our knees and ask Him. He can do more. He can do all, because He does not give His grace by calculated measure. It's not how good you are, He's going to pour out His grace upon you. It's just because of who you are. It's not what you do. It's what you know with Him. You know, Moses, I love that, and I know your pastor's preaching in Deuteronomy, but Moses there in the ninth chapter, he was leading a people that God had chosen and blessed and brought them out of 
slavery. And that people were grumbling and complaining and mad. And Moses, you know, went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. He came back down and the people had built them a calf out of gold. And they were worshiping the calf and not the Lord that brought them out in such miraculous way. And oh my goodness, when Moses saw that and threw those commandments down and they broke in pieces, and he began to pray and seek the face of the Lord, and the Lord said, Moses, I can give you a new group of people if you want them. I can start all over again. We'll get a group of people that won't do this. Do you want it? You know, most leaders would have said, you better believe it. I'll, I'll take care of it. Go ahead, Lord. Give me somebody new. I don't like this people. But no, he went to his knees and he said, Lord, save this people. This is your people. You know you've brought them out for a reason. Save this, your people. He went before the Lord God Almighty and begged for mercy on God's people. And God saved them. He doesn't give His grace by calculated measure. He is a God of superabundance. It says, I'll give immeasurably more, or more abundantly here in this translation, than you ever ask or imagined. There's no limits to what God can do, or what He wants to do. I see the TV. I see what's happening in the world. I see all this bad stuff that's going on around us. But I just believe God has an answer and a response somewhere. So I ask Him, please, Lord, please. And how about you now? Jesus works within us individually as... His children, if we trusted Him as Savior and He saved us of our sin and we're walking in fellowship with Him. And as a people who are dwelling with the Lord together as a church. And we have the power of the resurrection working in us, working in His church to bring power and touch this community and the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. God wants to give us so much more. He wants to do so much more for us than we ever thought. I mean, now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power working within us, this building is all more than we ever thought or imagined when you were over on the other place. And we were laying hands on the buildings and asking the Lord to, to give, them a, give Petra a place. I, told the, I tell the story a lot. I told the story to the young pastor down at LPGA down in, near Daytona Beach of how this church came up and came to be. And he's a struggling church in a school and they're growing, and, and I told him it's possible because I've seen it right here, right now. But what's your next miracle? Fill it, grow it, build it out for His glory. 
Give Ted more headaches with the government? <clears throat> Greatest man I know, I tell you. But now, look at the doxology to God in this passage for all that He can bring about through prayer. To Him, in verse 21, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Your children, your grandchildren are watching the way you pray, the way you relate to the Lord Jesus. And I ask you today, will you be strengthened in your life through prayer so that you can engage in a fruitful relationship through the Lord Jesus? So that you can be fulfilled with the fullness of Jesus in your life. So that you can truly know the blessing that He wants to give you and He desires for you. What will you do with this His Word today? Will you recommit yourself to prayer? Will you really begin to engage in a prayer life that's meaningful and bringing power? Not only in your life, but the lives of those around you. What do you want to do with God's message today? Let's stand as we pray together.